All right, guys, welcome in to today's episode of Southeast Tubes Podcast. It is Friday, January the 19th, 2018. Today's episode is the weekend preview podcast with uh, seven games, obviously, on tap for Saturday as we have reached an interesting stage of the SEC season. Uh, I mentioned this on a couple of radio things I did earlier in the week that We've reached the point in SEC play where you don't feel like there are any upsets. And we, you know, sometimes maybe we get there later in the the conference play part of the season, Uh, but we've already gotten there this year. And, you know, you had three teams that that are ranked right now all lose to unranked teams earlier this week. And like I mentioned, it just doesn't feel like there have been any upsets. Even in those kind of games, no one's getting upset because there are so many teams that, that are so close together right now. And we're continuing to see that play out here uh, throughout conference play. And it'll continue to do that going forward. Put out a stat this morning. A great stat from the league office, uh, Craig Pinkerton there. You know, 25% of all SEC games so far have been decided by one possession. So that's 10 out of 40 games that have been played have been decided by one possession. Uh, it's just wild to think about that. But I think that's what we all expected going into Conference uh, part of the slate, and, you know, I think it's going to continue. So there's no reason to believe that we won't see uh, at least probably two or three games this weekend decided by three points, two points, one point, however you want to look at it. Uh, That's just the way things have been going, and I think we're going to continue to see that uh, probably, like I mentioned, several times this weekend as well. So let's go ahead and dive into the games for the weekend. Uh, As always, I'll do my more sort of in-depth with some some intriguing stats and all that that I do for my for my daily uh, predictions post over at southeasthoops.com. So you'll be able to read that Saturday morning, as always. Uh, so be sure to check that out. I'll put it out on Twitter and all that good stuff. But let's just run through uh, a couple of topics, storylines within each game here for Saturday. We'll start with the game uh, around my neck of the woods, and that is uh, in Nashville as LSU will travel to take on Vanderbilt. Uh, it is, a I guess, a homecoming of sorts for LSU coach Will Wade, obviously from the Nashville area. Uh, but beyond that, you know, not really anything more to it. I don't think you're going to see any kind of, you know, it doesn't really mean a whole lot in a game like this. Uh, the biggest thing I look at just in looking at the matchup on paper between these two teams, LSU has been a very efficient offensive team at times, obviously thanks to what Tremont Waters has done. Uh, and then you look at Vanderbilt's defense, and we knew there was going to be something lacking there in losing Luke Cornett. Uh, when you remove a seven-footer like that, that can affect the game both in the paint, and he could, you know, obviously affect the game on the offensive end of the floor as well, both inside and outside. Uh, it certainly, you know, removes a big part of stopping teams and being able to kind of affect the game in a different way. But now that Vanderbilt doesn't have that, you know, it hasn't been as easy. And one of the things I look at with this matchup is you look at a Vanderbilt team that is 348th in the country in turnovers forced. So they're not really doing anything to, to disrupt the other team's offense. And I think when you have an efficient offensive team coming in like LSU, that can be a problem because they're not really going to force Tremont Waters and other guys as well to make mistakes. And I think if you let LSU kind of run what they want to run, it becomes tougher. And so that's sort of a disadvantage probably for Vanderbilt going into a game like this. Uh, and as I've continued to say, 
For the Commodores to win the rest of the way, they're just going to have to shoot well from outside. That's really all it comes down to because we know that the proven experience inside is not there right now. And they are lacking a consistent weapon in that area. I mean, a guy like Jeff Roberson who can do it all. I mean, he can score inside, he can score outside. uh, But they don't have that traditional post type of presence where if you have to have a basket close to the rim, you feel like you can throw it inside and get that basket every time. And so they're going to have to shoot a lot of threes. We know they're going to shoot a lot of threes. Um, And so it's just a matter of seeing where is the consistency beyond a guy like Roberson Saban Lee's obviously been playing better. Uh, Ryle LaChance, Matthew Fisher-Davis, those guys are going to have to play well because we've already seen what LSU has done on the road this season, and they've proven that they can go on the road, win in hostile environments. We saw what they did at Arkansas. Uh, So that's something to watch in this game. I mean, Vanderbilt's going to have to shoot well, and they're going to at least have to try to find a way to not let LSU do what it wants on offense and that could be, you know, that's certainly a problem that could present itself when you have someone like Waters uh, running the show for the Tigers. So next game up on the schedule is Ole Miss at Arkansas. Um, A very fascinating matchup here in that Arkansas, I think when you look at Arkansas right now, the, the depth just isn't there in terms of overall consistency. They have guys that can play very well, but they're not getting that consistency Beyond Daryl Macon, Jalen Barford, Daniel Gafford, Anton Beard, you can throw him in that mix probably. Beyond that, they just don't have that consistency. And until that happens, Arkansas, and we're going to talk about another team later on that's struggled on the road, Arkansas is a team that's obviously going to struggle on the road. They haven't won a road game this season, and they haven't really played all that well in games away from home. And that's certainly a problem when you think about the long-term outlook for this Arkansas team. If you think it's possible that they can be a top-four team in the SEC, they're going to have to pick up road wins somewhere. Now, obviously, the good news is that this game is not on the road. This game is at Bud Walton Arena, and we talked about just a second ago what LSU did there. I didn't think the Razorbacks played particularly great against Missouri. They got the win, and that was big, I think, just to get that losing streak over with, get the victory, and you find yourself in pretty decent position. But then you go to Florida uh obviously the Gators are playing well they lose that game by 15 did the Razorbacks come back home now for an Ole Miss team that I mean you look at Ole Miss they've got good balance and we knew that their guards were going to be the strength of this team Bruce Stevens is playing well um and then they're they're a miss buzzer beater away from winning at Texas A&M and it's still you go back and look at that replay you have no idea how that shot didn't go in I mean the shot went all the way down and just kind of rattled out somehow, some way. That's one of those things when you talk about Texas A&M being at 0-5. It's like they needed some luck, and certainly they got it on that last play. Uh, But, you know, with Ole Miss, hey, they've beaten Florida. They obviously beat Mississippi State, beaten South Carolina. Uh, All those games came at home. So in the same situation is that with Ole Miss. They haven't won a game on the road this year. And so we're, we're seeing that theme as we go throughout with some of these teams, and and that's why I continue to repeat it. That's what's going to separate some of the teams at the top, obviously, than the teams that are going to finish in that bottom tier because you're going to have to pick up road wins at some point along the way, um, and we'll see kind of how they're able to play in this game. But but I think if you're Ole Miss, you feel better about how you played at Texas A&M, who now has a team that's at full strength. 
uh, and you're you know a possession away from winning that game. So I think maybe Ole Miss, despite that tough loss, will be able to ride some of that momentum into this game uh, and at least be able to, to to keep this thing interesting because Arkansas hasn't played great basketball and and you know they haven't had a great game you know start to finish in a while now. And so we'll see how they respond there. I think that's again it's a very fascinating matchup because I think you have two teams. Uh, that are kind of at interesting points in their season right now. So, And speaking of the two teams that Arkansas and Ole Miss just played, Missouri at Texas A&M, um, another just a very intriguing matchup here, I think, when you look at the size for both teams. Uh, we know kind of what both teams are working with in the paint and the guys that have impacted the game in that part. Um, you know, And look, you go back to Texas A&M for a second. That 0-5 start, they get the win against Ole Miss, but still, it felt like it was one of those games where they're just not there yet. And perhaps that is just the product of not having everyone on the court together all season long. Maybe the Aggies are still in that mode where they're trying to build chemistry, and they're going to have to continue to do that if they want to get all the way back to being in a position to make the NCAA tournament. And obviously sitting at 1-5 and five right now, it's going to be challenging. But as I've continued to say, with this Texas A&M team, they played the game at home against Ole Miss, and now they still, in terms of SEC play, they still have three of their next four at home. They'll get, obviously, Missouri on Saturday. They'll go to LSU next Tuesday. They have the Kansas game sprinkled in there, the Big 12 SEC Challenge, but then you come back home for two home games in SEC play against Arkansas and South Carolina. So Texas A&M has a chance to get back to that 5-5 five and five mark, be at 500 in SEC play, and then, hey, we'll see what happens in those final eight games. But... This will be a challenge. I mean, this is going to be one of those games, I think, when you look at it, it's going to feel like a grinded-out type of game. We saw Missouri and Tennessee play one of those games the other night uh, where that was the style of game that Conzo Martin wanted to play, and that's exactly how it went. And I think you're going to see a very similar situation here. I'd be surprised if it's high scoring. Uh, Missouri has been a very good offensive team. Uh, Texas A&M has been a great defensive team. And I think we, we know how both teams can play on, on both ends of the floor when they're at their best. And so I think it's going to make for a very intriguing uh, sort of situation here and seeing how it plays out. And I think if you want to believe in Texas A&M, this is a game they're going to have to win. Uh, because Missouri is a, a team that, look, I mean, right now they've been up and down, uh, obviously, when you look at kind of just how their last five, six games have played out. But they're still a very talented team. They're still an NCAA tournament team. And so A&M really needs to be able to get a win here uh, to kind of move back, like I said, get back on that track where they can possibly get to 500 sooner rather than later uh, and then have a chance to really make some noise down the stretch. So we'll see how it plays out. This is definitely one of the more uh, better, better matchups, I think, on the schedule of the day. Uh, so that's definitely one you need to check out. And then there's another game that, that's going to have that grinded-out type of feel to it, I think, and that's Tennessee at South Carolina. Uh, the Gamecocks, what else can you say? We came into the year. Everybody knows what my thoughts were on South Carolina coming into the year, and, and it's not as though I've been wrong in terms of their offensive depth. The offensive depth, we know, is still a question mark, uh, but the value of the defense, and it continues to go back to that, the value of the defense and the value of Chris Silva has helped South Carolina be where they are right now. With back-to-back wins over Georgia and Kentucky, they're now back to 3-3 three and three in SEC play uh, after losing their first two against Ole Miss and Missouri. So 
The Gamecocks will continue to have what a lot of other teams around the country simply will not have, and that is a an intense sort of physicality and defensive presence uh, that's very tough to prepare for, and that's why it, it, it gives them an advantage in these games even when they don't have the offensive depth that some of the other teams and probably a lot of the other teams in the SEC have. So it's a Frank Martin coach team. We know how they're going to play. We saw what they did against Kentucky. And now you have a Tennessee team coming in here that, you know, wants to be able to wipe away that game the other night against Missouri because that kind of, you know, stopped them uh, from where they were. I mean, Tennessee was feeling really good about itself and winning three straight did it, you know, obviously two of those three were against Kentucky and Texas A&M, which were two of the three best teams in the SEC coming into conference play. Uh, And now you lose that game at Missouri. But now you have a chance to bounce back against South Carolina, and that's where I think you want to see if you're the Vols, Rick Barnes. You want to make sure your guards are playing consistent basketball, and they're going to have to to take care of the ball against a South Carolina team that, like I've said, is going to play physical, going to try to turn defense into offense. And if that happens, if Chris Silva can stay out of foul trouble, stay on the floor, when he is on the floor, he is such a valuable presence on the court and he can be a game changer, as we've seen. Uh, so, and this is this feels like one of those games where Silva could really, really play well and make a big impact because we talk about, uh, you know, size and all that, and you don't really feel like there's anyone on the opposite side of the court that's going to be able to stop him. And both teams are fairly equal when we talk about experience and all that. But um, th- this is another one where maybe in some sense it feels like it's a toss-up, but. At the same time, I think you want to see Tennessee's guards uh, be able to take care of the ball here and and be able to prove that they can get beyond that toughness. And South Carolina's riding a lot of confidence after that Kentucky win. So uh, this is another one that that will probably go right down to the wire, and, and I would be surprised if we get anything different in this game. Next up is Georgia at Auburn. Uh, Georgia, another team that's kind of been a little hard to figure out. Uh, there are some moments where I look at Georgia and feel like, They are a definite NCAA tournament team. There are other moments where you look at Georgia and you kind of just scratch your head because you don't really know what you're going to get. Case in point, look at how they played in those two games back-to-back at home against Ole Miss and Alabama. Completely just ran Alabama out of the gym in that game, uh, held the tie to 46 points. And then they responded by coming back, only scoring 56 points at Missouri. They only scored 57 at home in that loss to South Carolina. And then what do they do? Just to make things more confusing, they go and win at LSU by a point. So Georgia obviously has the tools when you talk about having a player like Yante Maton. When you have someone like that on the floor, you certainly give yourself a nice chance to win games, and you feel like you're always going to be in games and have an opportunity to get a victory. The same way we've seen with some of these other teams, you want to see kind of that consistency around him, and I think that's what we're going to kind of see the rest of the way because that's when it's going to determine whether Georgia is a surefire NCAA tournament team or whether maybe they're once again kind of on the outside looking in. And in a game like this where you're going up against an Auburn team who just lost its first game, you know, in forever, um, and, and that's where, you know, there's also a bit of, you know, intrigue when it comes to Auburn because we haven't seen Auburn lose a game since November the 17th. And so how do they respond? You, you know, and I think that that's a fair question because it, not only do you lose a game, 
but you lose to a rivalry game to an Alabama team that didn't have Colin Sexton on the floor. And so you do wonder if there's going to be a bit of a, you know, maybe a struggle early on for Auburn and maybe try to be in a situation where they find themselves having to fight out of a hole uh, because they're still kind of stuck on that loss. But then again, we look at how they've responded just to everything that's happened, the adversity off the court and all that. They've still reeled out, you know, a 16-2 and record. They're still one of only two teams in the SEC with one loss right now. So I think you have to feel pretty good about Auburn's ability to bounce back here against a Georgia team that we don't really know what we're going to get. I think if you're Georgia, the best way to win this game is, we talked about it with South Carolina, I think you're just going to have to be physical. You're going to have to be physical because Auburn's been a good rebounding team, as we know. Um, And I think that physicality and toughness inside, uh, because Georgia has good size, and I think to be able to use that, uh, you know, I think that's going to play an important role. And so we'll see how that game plays out. I fully expect Auburn to kind of bounce back here. And and while it may not be completely pretty from start to finish, it just seems like there's a mentality with this Auburn team uh, to be able to, to respond in situations like this. And this is where we kind of find out if Auburn's going to stay in that upper echelon in the SEC uh, and be able to, to, like I said, bounce back from a loss and still kind of stay on track. So very interesting to watch there to see how that game plays out. And then the game that will get a certainly a lot of attention on the national level uh, based on what these two programs have done over the years in the SEC. And certainly, I mean, you're talking about two teams that, that are still probably by most people's account right there in that top mix to win the SEC title this year. And that's Florida going to Kentucky. Uh, the Gators like I mentioned earlier, had had a nice win over Arkansas by 15. Biggest thing for me coming into this kind of game, Kayvon Allen got out of his slump the other night, and I want to be able to see if that's going to continue because if he's back on track, we know what Jalen Hudson can do. We know what Igor Kulichov can do. Uh, Chris Gioza has been his usual self. That's huge. I mean, it is. It's huge because it makes Florida so tough to guard because of all those offensive weapons. Keith Stone's been playing a lot better, as we know. Um, and so if Allen's back to his usual self, and we'll see how that, you know, again, we'll see how he follows up that performance. But if he's back to his usual self, uh, then that makes this game, you know, it amplifies it even more because it's going to be tough for Kentucky to guard. I mean, a team like Florida that, that's so difficult with, with all the offensive weapons they have on the perimeter. So, That's something to watch for. And then there's the clear response from Kentucky. After that loss at South Carolina, John Calipari made his comments, you know, about talking about this team and not, and he's talking about the unwarranted arrogance and all that kind of stuff. So how does a young team respond to that? And I think that's something that's worth watching as well. When you go into a game like this against an opponent that is currently leading the SEC in the standings, um, you know, how do you kind of respond? And that's what we still don't know with Kentucky. You know, I mean, hey, but but we can look at it this way too. If you look at their losses this season, let's look at that UCLA loss specifically, you know, and maybe it's just a sort of a deal where it was a rivalry game, came back, played well, but they lost that game to UCLA, uh, didn't play great at all, come back and just blew Louisville out by 30 um, you know, are we going to see a similar type of response there? Because they've been able to win after their previous three losses, 
They had losses to Kansas, UCLA, Tennessee. They followed those all up with wins afterwards. Uh, a couple of those wins, they played very well. So I think that's what we have to see here. And it's going to be a game that's a toss-up. We know that. It always is when these two teams play, no matter where they play at. Right now, I think Quade Green is a game-time decision. That's certainly something that could play into uh, come into effect there because you know his presence on the floor would certainly help in terms of you know playing against Florida's great guards and all that. Uh, so it, it's going to be a big game. It always is, and it's one of those where flip a coin because we don't really know how this one could play out. It's going to be close. It's going to probably come down to the final minute, um, and it's just a matter, I think, of seeing if Florida defends and if Kentucky defends as well because you know that's what's going to come down to. Both these teams have good offensive weapons, and I think it's just a matter of seeing uh, how both teams are going to defend consistently and maybe just kind of seeing what what they can come up with on that end of the floor. So we'll see what happens there. Certainly a game with a, with a lot of things on the line when you talk about where these two teams are at right now, uh, and it will certainly be a great game as it usually is. And to wrap it up, uh, Mississippi State at Alabama in the nightcap. Uh, that is going to be another game. Um, you know, we mentioned earlier about the teams that, that have struggled on the road. Mississippi State has simply not been good on the road. I mean, that they've been downright awful at times in some of the road games they've played, and I, I brought up this stat a couple times now. When you look at, at Mississippi State, they've played three true road games this season against Cincinnati, Ole Miss, and Florida, and they have yet to score over 58 points in any of those games. So that's where the inexperience still comes into play, even though they're a year older than they were last year, when they were, you know, one of the most inexperienced teams in the entire country. But this year, they're even even though they're a year older, they're still a very young team. And I think it's just a matter of, like we mentioned with, with I think, Georgia and teams like that, if Mississippi State wants to be a surefire top seven team in the SEC, they're going to have to find a way to win games on the road. Um, and I, it's just a, you know, I don't know what to expect from them. And that makes it hard in a situation like this, to, to look at Mississippi State and feel confident about their ability to go in and win at Alabama because Mississippi State does not shoot the ball well from outside. They don't shoot the ball well from the free throw line. And so those two things seem to kind of come into play when you want to win on the road. You need to be able to do both of those pretty well, I'd say, um, and they don't. So I think we'll just have to see how that plays out. With Alabama, Colin Sexton seems like he's a game-time decision as well. Uh, even if he doesn't play, we we saw Alabama build the momentum that they did against Auburn, and now knowing how they could play without him on the floor, uh, that makes them even more dangerous, in my opinion. Because now I think Alabama kind of sees what they can do, even if for some reason he's out again. You're able to build momentum by by snapping Auburn's winning streak and still playing as well as they did to to pull out the victory. I tend to lean towards Alabama in a game like this because. The Tide have kind of shown here as of late that maybe they've gotten beyond that corner. Uh, But at the same time, the inconsistency has been the theme all year long. And so if you're Alabama, you want to prove that you're for real, you you need to win this game. I think that's what it comes down to because you don't want to let that inconsistency lose a game like this and then all of a sudden you're back at square one where it's like, well, we go out and have a huge win against Auburn, but we can't respond to that 
uh, with the same type of effort and energy, and then we come out and get beat at home, uh, you know, by Mississippi State. So it's an important game for Alabama in that regard as they try to prove that they can kind of sustain the success and keep things rolling and pick up a four straight win. So that'll wrap up uh, today's preview episode here of the Southeast Hoops podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening, and thank you again for all your support of the website at southeasthoops.com. Uh, you guys are always do a great job with great feedback, great questions on Twitter. And like I mentioned, I put out a tweet earlier about uh, a new a new segment of the Southeast Hoops mailbag. We're going to do that on the, the radio show here in Nashville forever March every Saturday from 10 to 12 on WNSR. Uh, you can find that online, and I always put out the link as well to the Periscope uh, where you can send in your questions and do all that. It's a lot of fun. We talk about a lot of SEC basketball topics obviously, uh, so be sure to stay tuned to that, and be sure to stay tuned to all the written work going up at southeasthoops.com. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just search for Southeast Hoops. You can find it there uh, as well. So thank you as always for listening, and I will talk to you guys next time.